what's in a name? I was starting to preach last week, and since it got rained out, we're going to cover a little bit. I, I'm not going to waste a sermon. So, you know, what's in a name? Names were very important to the Jewish people. You weren't just named something by accident. Your name carried weight. It had meaning. It shaped your life. It shaped your personality. It shaped your character. So when God gives us names as Christians, and as I shared last week, there's over 37 names for a Christian Maybe we need to take a look at some of those. For in those names, God not only shapes who we are, but he reveals himself. He reveals his beauty. He reveals his character. And he reveals who he wants us to become. So let's take a moment and discover our names. Now, the first name I shared with you last week was uh, follower of Christ, Matthew 9, 9. Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Think of the beauty of that. Matthew is sitting there. The religious establishment has told Matthew, you are not welcome in the temple. You're not welcome in the synagogue. No priest will talk to Matthew unless they are forced to. No Pharisee will talk to Matthew unless he is forced to. To. No rabbi will speak to Matthew unless he's forced to. But Jesus comes up and says to him, You, follow me. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Up till now, I've been invisible. Who are you talking to? You, Matthew. Follow me. Follow me. Where my foot falls, your footprint needs to be in. This weekend, I saw a beautiful wedding, and we were reminded of Ruth. And that statement in Ruth, where it says, where, I, where you go, I will go. Your people will become my people. That's what Jesus is saying here to Matthew. Matthew, where I go, you go. My people, Matthew, your people. But Jesus, your people don't want me. Matthew, trust me. 
just trust me. Follow my steps. Be a follower of me. Remember what Luke said? It says that Matthew left everything. Matthew left power. Matthew snaps his fingers and two big Roman guards come up and back him up. You say, I don't want to pay the tax? Well, then talk to my two friends, Guido and Vito. They're going to back me up. He may not have had respect, but he had the next best thing, fear. He gave that up. He gave up his money. He gave up everything to follow Jesus. Why? Because the first time in his life, he discovers mercy. How do I know? Because he wants to share it. What's the first thing Matthew does? He throws a party. And he invites everyone, all his friends. And what is his whole purpose of the party? You gotta meet Jesus. That's what a follower of Jesus does. A follower of Christ. That's one of your names, Christian. Follower of Christ. How's your footsteps? Are they following his? Are his people your people? Are his steps your steps? Are you so excited about him? And his mercy that you have to share it with someone else? Or do you take it for granted? Ah, it's just Jesus. Yeah. Now, if we're going to talk about something else, now I can get excited. It's just Jesus. One of your names, follower of Christ. If you don't get excited about Jesus, then maybe the second name isn't true. The second name is found in Romans 6.13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life as your members to God as instruments for righteousness. What a strange name. Those who've been brought from death to life. That's a strange name. Hi, what's your name? Brought from death to life. What? 
what a strange thing. In fact, in our world, that's got it all backwards. We're more concerned about uh, the other way because we're all thinking I'm going from life to death. In fact, isn't that the way our dramas work? You sit down, you go to a movie, you go to read a book. Isn't that the way our dramas work? The hero comes, you know, everyone's about to die, and then the hero shows up, and he or she saves the day and saves the people, and everybody lives. But remember earlier in the story, when the hero didn't get there in time, and somebody died? And often in today's genre, the hero will arrive and somebody has died and they'll pull the hero aside and say, well, you, you can't save everybody, you know, because it's death, it's over, it's done, there's no hope. And then I think about Jesus' story. Remember, remember Jesus' story? Man rushes to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you got to come with me. My daughter, my daughter's sick. My daughter's dying. Okay, I'll go with you. And then obstacle after obstacle gets in Jesus' way. And then what happens? A guy comes pushing his way through the crowd. You see the man. The man's going, keep that guy away from me. Keep him away. Jesus, we got to go this way. I don't want to talk to that man. I don't want to talk to him. Why? Because that man's going to say this. I'm so sorry. Don't trouble Jesus anymore. Your little girl's dead. And that's where the story ends, right? All right, Bible Sunday school class people. Is that where the story ends? Mm -mm. Jesus looks at him and says, only believe. And they keep on walking. And there's mourners at the house, professional mourners. They're screaming, they're shouting, they're showing how heartbroken they are for money. Jesus sends them away. And Jesus walks in the room where the story's supposed to be over, and he raises this little girl from death to life. The story wasn't over. You see, death to life. Now, for you and me, before we meet Jesus, we're dead. There's no hope. The bad guy came and won. We don't get that. There's no hope. We're dead. It's a room full of dead people. The hero can't do anything. 
unless the hero's Jesus. And Jesus comes and says, come to life. Come to life. Come to life. And God calls us to life. And a miracle happens. Wow. We've been brought from death to life. And when that happens, there's new rules. Because when we were dead, we were under the power of death. We were under the power of sin. And guess what? We're no longer under the power of sin. We have new rules. In fact, we get to run around. When, when sin yells at us, you need to do this, we get to go. We're just like the little kids. You ain't the boss of me. sin isn't. Sin isn't the boss of us anymore. The one who brought us to life is. That's our king. The trouble is, we forget to live that way. You know, after the Civil War, one of their biggest problems they had set all the slaves free, right? Emancipation Proclamation. Many slaves went back to live on the plantations. And they said, you're free. You need to leave. You need to go. You, you have free. I don't know how else to live. And so they went back to their slave owners and lived with their slave owners. They didn't know how else to live. They didn't know how to live the freedom that was theirs. Isn't that heartbreaking? And so people had to go out and say, guess what, Jonah, you don't have to live here anymore. You're free. Let's help you live that way. We're free. We have been brought from death to life. And because of that, we have another name imitator of God. Ephesians 5.1 Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Imitator of God. This is our discipleship. We're to mimic God. We're to follow his example we're to walk or live in love through sacrificial living. Look at that word there. Gave himself up. That's to hand over. He handed over his life. His whole ministry was handing over his life. He spent his time with people. Even when he's tired, he spent time with the outcast. He cared for people who would reject him. He finished it on the cross. We're to be his followers and to imitate him. We need to seek to put him first, then others. Now, there's going to be positive and negatives. First of all, the negative 
of doing that is uh, we're no longer in charge of our own life. We can't do whatever we want to do. We're not going to be ruled by impurity, by greed, by lust, by immorality. Because we're imitating God. The positive is you're going to live a life ruled by grace. You don't try to live for Jesus under your own power because you can't. You rely on your new life in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. You live a supernatural life. You live a life that began in your rebirth. Not through your own power, but through the Christ who lives through you. And you imitate start looking like him. Friday, they had a beautiful wedding here, and it was a couple, for those of you who don't know, it was a couple that actually grew up here in the church, and they had lots of, of slides of them. I was struck by pictures of the groom and pictures of the groom's dad when he was younger. How much they looked alike. Uh, those of you who know Paul and Johnny, do you see how much they look alike? Those of you know them? I mean, wow. You know, you're like, oh, wow, they so look alike. I have a question for you. When you think of your own family, do you, do you, do you look like your own family? Can, do, do people ever come up to you and say, I, I can tell what family you're part of. Anybody ever do that with you? Yeah, I, I can tell who you belong to. Yeah. If, if, if I go to certain parts of California, I'm in trouble. Because they all go, oh yeah. We know whose kid you are. You're old Mr. Brawley's kid, aren't you? That's not good when your dad was a junior high teacher for 30 some odd years. Yeah. You sound like him. You stand like him. You talk like him. Why? As hard as I fight it, I imitate him. Are you imitating your father? imitating your father in heaven do you look like him do you talk like him do you act like him which leads us to the next one titus 2 waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. Got a question for you. Have you ever, ever watched kids Go by your, your front of your house when you're cleaning it out to move. 
Little kids love to go through your stuff you put out on, on the curb. When I got ready to move, I put out a box of trophies. And I had all these trophies. Put them out. Now before you think I'm bragging, they weren't like trophies I won for being like really gifted at anything, all right? There, there's stuff like you complete your Awana book and okay, it wasn't like, you know, captain of this team. It, was, it wasn't anything like that, but they were trophies. They were nice trophies. And this, these kids came by and my wife was working in the garage and they said, hey, ma'am, are, are, are these trophies available? And she said, yeah, in fact, there's some ribbons in there too. Doesn't, do, who, whose are they? Well, they were my husband's, but he doesn't want them anymore. We're moving. Can we have them? Yeah, yeah, you can, you can have the whole box of trophies. <gasps> we can have trophies. We're going to have skateboard contests. And when you win, I'll give you a trophy. And then when I win, you give me a trophy. I've got a trophy. I mean, these kids, you thought you gave them gold. Because they were running around. And what was hilarious was this is back when Awana gave these big, massive trophies. So some of them were like tall. So these kids running around in the neighborhood. I've got a trophy. You know? Possession. I own it. Notice that phrase there. A people for his own possession. Any of you ever see Toy Story? Remember the very first one? Woody looks at the bottom of his foot and what does he find? And what does that mean? And he owns it. At the sole of his foot is the name of his owner. What that means is on your soul is the name of your owner. What it means is someone owns you. Someone says you're his. Someone says you belong to him. Now, there's responsibilities for that. I'm answerable because I belong to him. He's the potter. I'm the clay. He's the owner. I'm the owned. But also, he wants me. I'm his. I'm his. I'm his. I'm his. Think about that. Now, he wants me for good works. He wants me to, to do his will. He, he's got me for a purpose. You ever go, I don't have a purpose in life. There's your purpose.
One last name. Running out of time. Revelation 19.7 Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Our name is the Bride of Christ. It was fun Friday watching Maddie Lubin become Maddie Miller. Watching the doors open and the bride and her daddy walk down the aisle. That was wonderful. Watching my friend Braxton do his very first wedding. And he did a good job. I was proud of him. You did good, Braxton. And in fact, uh, the next two weeks, Braxton's going to be preaching. You guys are in for a treat. Ah. Oh. The Jewish weddings were a little different. You see, they would have to do a betrothal period. And the reason why they did the betrothal period was the guy had to go build the house. He had to build the house. So they would meet, and then he would give a gift, and they'd have to go build the house. Now, he couldn't come get his bride until the house was finished, and he couldn't say the house was finished unless his dad said the house was finished. So when the bride would watch and for signs that the house was getting close, she would start getting ready. And she would, is this today? Is it today? Is it today? She had two jobs, to be ready and to be faithful. To be ready and to be faithful. To be ready and to be faithful. Then the groom would go to his dad. How about today, dad? Is the house ready? And the dad would say, yep. go to get her and she would hear that he's coming and get her bridesmaids ready and then they would celebrate for a week and then they would become married now And his job then would be to take her to her new home. Look at the picture of that. The betrothal period. The groom gives a gift. The church got a gift, the Holy Spirit. That's a great betrothal gift. <laughs> the sun is up preparing a place for us. And he can't come back until the father says. And our job as the bride, be ready and be faithful. Be ready, be watching, 
be faithful. Are you ready? Are you watching? And are you faithful? Five names. Follower of Christ. From death to life. Imitator of God. Of his own possession. Bride of 